Welcome to Future of XYZ. I'm your host, Lisa Grelnick, and together we'll explore big questions about where we are as a world and where we're going. Future of XYZ is presented in collaboration with Rhode Island PBS. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Future of XYZ. We are going to be speaking about a super cool topic, the future of art galleries. Uh, with us is our guest, Alex Farkas. Alex, thanks so much for joining us on Future of XYZ today. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you. Um, well, Alex, you grew up in a very, very small town in Arizona where your mom was both a quite famous ceramicist and ran a gallery herself uh, for over 33 years. You then, when you went to University of Arizona studying art, but also business, you were like, oh, interesting. Maybe there's a combination. And you moved to San Francisco and opened one of the first at the time online art galleries, which is called U Gallery, the letter U. Um I mean, I think you have so much to offer this conversation, and we'll talk about your business model a little bit through the course of this conversation. But I always like to ask um, our experts, you know, to ground down in the subject matter first and foremost. In this case, what in the year 2023, how can we define an art gallery? That's such an interesting question. I think uh, in many ways, the definition of an art gallery probably hasn't changed uh, maybe ever or in a very long time. Uh, for my perspective, galleries exist in so many different ways. You mentioned uh, growing up, I was around my mom's gallery. She ran a gallery in a home furnishing space. As in a small town, she promoted local artists and also sold furniture and personal care products. And then you have all the way across the spectrum, you have these mega galleries that exist in uh, the major cities, like the Gagosians and the Zwerners. Uh, they're selling blue chip art. And then you have places that aren't even physical spaces like View Gallery, where we're promoting art online. And I think the main constant that's existed for so long, uh, there's this desire to help artists. Uh, it's really difficult to be in both spheres. Making art and marketing art are totally different disciplines. And so galleries have always existed to help artists tell their story, uh, to come up with something compelling to share. And I don't think it really matters the medium, the space. Uh, it's really the same kind of concept. And maybe the marketing vehicles have changed, but I think the messaging has really stayed the same. And even looking, I think clientele across the ages has been very similar for who buys art. So really galleries exist uh, to promote artists. And we talk about ourselves as a business. We're art marketers um, and we happen to be promoting, you know, these specific types of artists and artwork. But you know, we're really marketers first and foremost in our business. Um, well, it's interesting that you think of yourself that way. And I want to get into it because obviously you actually represent 500 emerging and established artists. Um, you have a large collection of all original works. You guarantee the authenticity of those works. Um, you select. So it's funny that you think of yourself first and foremost as a marketer. Perhaps everyone who sells anything could be seen that way. Um, what's fascinating to me in the art world, of course, is how it's growing and how it's growing in exposure, but also in dollars. I mean, Last year, 2022, according to UBS and one of the largest insurers and underwriters of fine arts in the world, along with Art Basel, um, declared that it, the, the industry is actually the global art industry is almost $68 billion. 
It's the second largest number it's ever been and 3% higher than it was the year before and just constantly growing. I mean, in this growing sphere, I mean, there is this question as marketers of art, you know, who who are like, what is driving this growth first and foremost? And what is the impact on artists? That's so interesting. I, I think there are some uh, interesting uh, conceptions and misconceptions about the art world. Mostly, I think people get a skewed perspective from the news media because usually you see headlines for art that sells for uh, $100 million plus uh, big auction results. And I actually believe that a lot of the art market, in terms of the number you stated, exists at that level. Like, you know, I don't know the actual statistic, but I'm going to guess the vast majority of that money comes in at the high end. Um, but I also think at the flip side, most of the art market resides in the mom and pop sphere. Um, you know, if you kind of get into the art world, you see uh, it's a quirky place. It's still very old school. Um, it's not very technologically forward. And I think it really is a lot about passion because for the most part, people get into this because they either grew up in the industry or they themselves are artists and wanted to uh, kind of transition and help their friends or you know colleagues sell work. And so I think we have this whole idea that the art world is this big, like glitzy, glamorous place. But in reality, most of it is just a lot of people who are passionate about art and artists. And back to that concept of being art marketers, I think it's uh, people have a passion for storytelling because that's really what it's about. In order to connect people to art, which is this amazing version of, you know, human expression, you have to be able to tell a good story. Uh, most art you look at uh, isn't necessarily self-explanatory. And it's also really important to get into the personal side with the artist to connect people with it so they can have that more emotional connection. And that's really what sells paintings and sculptures and everything else at the end of the day. Well, I think it's interesting because you just mentioned paintings and sculptures. And I think in the world of, you know, online marketplaces like Etsy, online auctions, you know, in-person auctions, buying through social media, online galleries, in-person galleries, you know, festivals like an Art Basel and Affordable Art Fair and so many other things. I mean, there is this like cultural attachment now and, and excitement around art. Um, and everything can be a gallery. So in like, what is sold in galleries? I mean, obviously we have fine art, we have sculpture, we have photography, but like, is this now like, is a fashion store an art gallery? Is a jewelry store? Is a collectibles and memorabilia place? Like what, what do you think is now sold in art gallery? That's fascinating. I, I mean, really kind of back to that first question, I think, uh, you can make the play that anything can be art. In fact, that's the question that's been being wrestled in the art world for probably the last hundred years is, is it art um, kind of pushing those boundaries to say, okay, what are we making? I also think it's fascinating because art exists at a lot of different levels. For example, with you gallery, we sell what I would consider accessible art. Most of the art on our site is anywhere between, I don't know, $510,000. We have stuff at higher ends and lower ends than that. But really, we're operating kind of in the entry level of original art. Um, and I've always felt like you can find really well made, really well thought out art starting at a few hundred dollars. But the fact is, is the art world goes up way higher than that. Like we're talking about, you have 
artists like Jeff Koons who have whole studios oh, making. Oh, oh, always yeah. the first person when we think about the commercialization of art. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the point. You see someone like that where they're producing fine art, but it's also uh, acting as a luxury good. And I think I talk about this a lot with my partner, but there's this notion that you kind of make the art for the client or the space if you're thinking that far ahead as the artist. And with someone like Jeff Koons, he's making something to sell as the highest end luxury uh, you know, product, but also as original art. And so you see the finish on these things is incredible. Uh, you know, you kind of come down to, well, the difference is the time and intensity and the cost of materials that go into it. Um, so, you know, I think there is this big question about what is art. Um, then it kind of gets a little frayed at the edges, like you're asking about is clothing art. People do collaborations and things like that. But I think the truth is, um, you know, art exists in all aspects of humanity, really. I mean, that's the this whole thing that connects us. Humans have been making art for tens of thousands of years. It's amazing things. So it's hard to have this fine line. But in terms of, you know, talking about artists toiling away in their studio and making one of a kind products, I think you can start to see where the shift goes. You know, if you're talking about a handmade painting or if you're talking about a T-shirt with a design on it, there's a difference. Um, But also, I think as a collector, you can be interested in any of those spaces. And it's kind of amazing in that way. I, I love that people come to us with such specific interests and it's really fun to chat about that and learn what drives people who want to buy art, why they want to buy art. Well, I mean, there are two sides to this conversation, right? And you guys as so-called marketers and salespeople are actually right in the middle of it. You have the people who are buying art and you have the people who are making art. Um, obviously, in most cases, it originates with the people who, at least historically, who are making the art. Um, you know, you you commented in an interview you gave um, to the Times or Washington Post or where, one of the other places that you've been featured before that when you were in school, you really came to recognize how difficult it is for artists to break through um, and to also be treated fairly and paid a fair price. Um, one of the arguments for opening you gallery was, in fact, to improve access for artists to the marketplace. At the same time, you're talking about when customers come to you exploring the reasons why they're buying art and they're coming to you online versus like wandering into a gallery. So there are these two sides. How do you serve both of them and what is what is kind of the the healthy intersection? Yeah, uh, ever since we launched, it's always been kind of a, a question of who the client is in an interesting way. And really, they are both our clients. We needed to develop a stable of artists in order to bring in clients. And um, yeah, it's been really fascinating over the years developing that. I think um, even though we are an online gallery, I really think a lot of what we do speaks to the old school world. Uh, I like to have very personal relationships with the artists we work with. Um, It's not just a nameless, faceless website where they post their work. We get to know the artists and we have artists still on U Gallery from the very first days that have been working with us for 15, 16 years. And same goes for the client side. It's really important for us to develop those relationships. And I think that's a lot about how we position ourselves. Um, it's uh, trying to be a little bit more than just a website where people come and interact. And I think it speaks to who uses U Gallery, um, both from the artist and the customer side. Uh, there are a lot of artists who 
um, need physical outlets, but they're not really close to them. Uh, you know, people working in rural places and it's hard for them to get their art out there. You gallery is great for that. Same for the client side. You have clients who don't live in major cities like New York and Los Angeles, and they really want to buy things that aren't being represented in those places. We have one customer who I've talked with at length. He's in Iowa. And he said, I have always had this passion for art, but the only thing I could ever find in the local gallery scene were kind of classic hunting scenes of dogs traipsing through cornfields. And he said, I was interested in really contemporary things. And so I found you guys. And I think you also have clients too, who are in the big cities, but they just don't have the time to interact with the physical art world. It takes a lot of time. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, there's intimidation. And I think just time, you realize to go to the openings every month, you really have to dedicate energy and you got to hit the pavement. Uh, we have one client in San Francisco. He and his wife have bought, I don't know, 50 pieces from us. And they say, we live such busy lives that on separate occasions, we'll look at you gallery, we'll pick out things we like, and then we'll come together uh, on Sunday mornings when we're back in the same city, have a cup of coffee, talk about the art. And I think it's a way for people to also interact with art in an interesting and important way that just don't have the time for it. So I feel like galleries whatever they are, function to meet their client. And if you know your client as a gallery, I think you'll be more successful as well. But we try and speak to these types of people. And same thing for the artists too. We try and speak to the artists where this space makes sense for them and for their career too. Yeah, absolutely. That may, that I mean, and it's good. And are you bringing in, obviously you, you now ship to 50 plus countries and across the US and you have artists rep in your stable represented from all across the the I, I guess across the, uh, the United States, not from across the world. Um, what are you hearing from them? I mean, is this you know kind of brave new world of digital online? You know, does it make them feel like they're better artists, or does it make them feel like they are mass producers or actually have to be marketers themselves? Oh, interesting. Well, I think for the most part, um, a lot of these people are fairly emerged and. Um, aren't just using uGallery as their only source of uh, an outlet. So, And I, I think that is really the best approach too. Um, I mean, in any business, you really should never put your eggs in one basket, right? If you're selling something, you should have multiple outlets. Uh, you talk about one point of failure in a business. And so I think same goes for artists. Working with multiple galleries is a good strategy. And so we've always tried to be really conscious of that. And especially as our stable of artists has gotten to be more mature in that, that sense, um, being one kind of uh, facet of their gallery portfolio and um, choosing the art that makes sense for our clientele and helping them develop their series over time. So I think most of these people are very professional and it's not so much as a grind as it is an opportunity for them. And like you said, we sell art around the country and around the world. One thing that we do do differently than most physical galleries is we just have a much broader audience. So maybe historically these artists were selling well in their local gallery centers, but we've been able to connect them with people across the country or across the world in such a cool way. No, that's great. And I mean, I think a lot of galleries, you mentioned some of the big, you know, blue chip names uh, in New York City and now globally um, earlier. And I think what's interesting about kind of comparing an online gallery like yours or a marketplace like an Etsy or an auction house like a Sotheby's or Christie's combined with the establishment galleries. 
this world of digital has truly opened up and one could argue democratized. The market has grown, yes, because of like these crazy prices that are being paid for coons and 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 other things, but in Basquiat's and whatnot, but also that there is just a democratization of access of many, many more artists and many, many more buyers um, into the world. That's always like, I mean, that's just supply and demand of economics. So that makes sense to me. One thing that's coming up a lot these days, obviously, is the role of AI in in the art world. I mean, if I look again across these different art gallery channels um, and we think about authentication, right, and and that being kind of how you collect heirloom quality value growing pieces of art from a trusted gallery, what is the role of AI in your opinion as we go forward? Hmm. Very interesting. I don't know yet. I think, um, you know, it's still very early to tell what the role of AI will be, generally speaking, across the world. Uh, so specifically with art, I have no idea. I mean, I think it's really interesting. You mentioned about um, this democratization and the art world getting larger. I certainly hope that's the case. Uh, that's, you know, really been kind of the thesis of our business from the very beginning. Although I've also learned over time that as a business, we're not really um, converting new people into buying art in so many ways. When I first started U Gallery so many years ago as a 22-year-old, I thought, this is such a great way for young people like myself to collect art. I was buying art at the time. But then I kind of also realized over uh, the course of some years that people my age don't buy art. That's pretty atypical. The first things they buy are um, a sofa and kitchen equipment and everything else to furnish their house. And art is kind of the last thing. And then the joke in the art world is typically art is what people buy um, after their last kid finishes college and before their first sports car. And <laughs> I think that kind of rings true still. And I see that our customer is definitely older, more well-off, and also already familiar with art than I ever expected, um, which is a really fascinating thing. I mean, I, I think there is a demographic of people who purchase art, and it probably is growing just for what we talk about. Maybe people who had interest in these things before but lived in rural Iowa, that was it. It didn't really matter. So there are probably more people, but to the extent it's hard to say, and I don't know, with AI, there's probably some really fascinating implications for how people will learn more about art and potentially make art too. But I don't know how much of an effect that really has at the end of the day on the people who are interested in art. It kind of goes back to the house you grew up in. Did your parents own art? And did they teach you about art? Did you go to a school where they taught you about art or art history? These things, I mean, I think they're important in lots of different spheres, but Truly, you've got to have some sort of kind of background to get into it because it's such a it's such an esoteric thing to be, uh, you know, deeply involved in art and buying art. Otherwise, you just or, or you know. even just consuming art in museums. I remember yeah. uh, right before business school, I've always been in, involved in art and exposed to art. My parents uh, from a very young age in Los Angeles. And I remember um, meeting up with some future classmates like just a couple of weeks before we went to school. I'd never met them before. We met up at MoMA in New York City, and there's this fabulous Richard Serra exhibit happening. And I remember three people, three dudes, frankly, but being like, you know, really, really aggressively, like, how is this art? What I could make this? And I mean, I was horrified. I mean, 
was Richard Sarri, you know? But it really kind of exposed me to the mentality that AI was about to walk into that is a very transactional business oriented, but also exactly what you just said. If you're not exposed earlier and younger and kind of develop that appreciation, you may have appreciation for lots of things, but perhaps not art. And, And why is, especially with contemporary art, why is, you know, a Rothko or, you know, um, you know, any, anyone, a solo wit who's just like coloring in lines, you know, worthwhile. So I think it's always interesting, that perspective. As as we think about um, wrapping up here, um, I always like to ask, where do you see things going in the in the world of art galleries in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, well, kind of is where we started. I think things aren't changing that much in the art world. Uh, certainly, there's more uh, technology coming to play, and I think art galleries are slowly coming more online, like you gallery did so many years ago. So I think you are seeing um, with the cost coming down and operating a website and being able to take good photographs, even with an iPhone, I think you're going to see more smaller galleries moving online. Already the big ones have to the extent that I think they will. Um, but I, I think you'll have more opportunity to collect from uh, obscure places. And I think that's so cool. My hope has always been we would see um, instead of kind of like mega websites promoting 100,000 artists at a time, more like the U-Gallery model where uh, you have nice stables of artists and people really taking the time to tell the story and promote artists that way. Because I think that's the traditional way and uh, not to be too much of a traditionalist, but I think that speaks a lot to where art lives best. Um, so I, I think things are, you know, uh, glacial in the art world. Things move slowly, but I know technology plays a part in it. And, um, you know, my hope is that you really see more of the the small companies come up and can thrive, especially because, again, it's much cheaper to do this than it was 15 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And do you see any massive difference between 10 years and 20 years down the line? Is there something that you think is going to be a critical change or that you hope the future of art galleries looks like? Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I can say that 15, 16 years ago when we launched U-Gallery, I wouldn't have guessed what it would look like today. Um, For example, we built our website from scratch, everything. We designed this very custom platform. And now you see um, such simple and elegant out-of-the-box solutions. Um, You know, software as a service has totally blown up. I can't imagine, you asked about AI. I mean, that's probably... 20 years from now, what, you know, we can't really comprehend, but the way that will shift in how people can consume art and have online galleries. Um, I think my hope really is, is uh, people still continue to have an interest in the physical with it too, because as much as my business is promoting art online, I think it's really important too, to still interact with art in person. And that's part of selling art to people, but also um, having this connection, like going to the museums with friends and family and talking about what you see. It's really an important aspect of what we do. Alex Farkas of U Gallery, thank you so much for speaking with Future of XYZ today about the future of art galleries. Thank you. It was great chatting with you. For everyone watching and listening, uh, make sure that you follow us on Instagram at Future of XYZ. Uh, leave us a five-star review anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. And you can also watch these videos on our presenting partner, Rhode Island PBS at ripbs.org forward slash XYZ. Thank you. We will see you again in two weeks. Alex, uh, enjoy Amsterdam. Thank you.